Hey, Josh again with the JCJ Street Podcast. Thanks for listening. Today we have my good friend Al Baez, and we're going to be talking about Texas versus California, a little bit about climate change, and a little bit of conspiracy theories that are sprinkled in there as well. Thanks for listening and stay tuned. Hello, and we're back here on the JCJ Street Podcast. I have my buddy, Al Baez, over here. Say hi to the folks over here. How's it going, everyone? So uh, you can find him on social media if you uh, ever want to find out a little bit more. Where can they find you at? Oh, man. I'm trying to delete social media right now. (laughs) So he is definitely anti-social media right now. But uh, anyways, uh, we may uh, leave a tag in there. So in the future, he might be able to uh, get into contact with him. But anyways, um, so how's it been going? Uh, You moved over to Texas. How's that going? It's going well, man. It's going well. Uh, So there's definitely uh, huge differences between uh, Texas and California, just because naturally they're on polar opposites of the spectrum, you know, if you look at like conservative and liberal, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been fun. The weather is kind of one thing that takes some time getting used to, like, you know, just being here for like the last few days, like just enjoy like a steady, like, you know, between 50 to like 60 degrees throughout the day. Whereas like in Texas, like the week before I came, it was like 25 degrees and then also oh, just, was that cold yeah it would go like 25 oh, wow. degrees and then later on that day it was back to 60 like within three hours damn yeah okay so. now no, like, i mean texas is such a big state like where, where are you at specifically i'm in the fort worth area so uh it's pretty much like uh it's definitely a little like what you see on tv for what, what you would think texas would be like mm-hmm. but it's definitely not like though it doesn't entirely fit the stereotype. So, but I mean, it's, it's fun. There's a lot of good barbecue out there. Uh, the diversity of food is actually kind of like making its appearance, but uh, even Dallas, Dallas has a lot of amazing diverse food. And like, and there's actually some really good sushi spots, which is like one of the things that I was struggling to find a good sushi <laughs> spot. It took me like so many tries to find a sushi uh, spot. Oh man. I, I don't know. Like trying to find a good sushi place and like, you know, Right in the middle of America, it's it's got to be sketchy because I mean, when you live on the coast in California, you can you know it's it's probably freshly well, not quote unquote like, but it can be freshly caught and it can be you know taken to wherever you're trying to eat. But in Texas, you know, there's quite a few days that are in yeah. between getting caught on the coastline and then yeah, absolutely because that's actually one of the things. So there's no such thing as cheap sushi in Texas. If you do, you're risking your health. Oh. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I haven't gotten sick from cheap sushi, but it doesn't taste as good. So yeah, like what you said, it's like, it's in the middle of America. So it's kind of hard or it takes a little bit longer to like get the fish out of there. So you gotta be, you gotta be ready to pay more already, but like a certain type of fish, like for example, like the red snapper, which is the cough, the Gulf, the Gulf coast. That's probably better okay. to eat over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's cheaper and, you know, it's just off the coast. So it only travels like five or six hours. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, I, I really, yeah, it, that escaped me. I, I didn't um, really realize that, uh, yeah, you get, yes, you have a coast, but uh, Galveston is probably the closest beach that you have. Yeah. That's, that's about, still four hours. Yeah. Actually, five or six. Five or six? Yeah, oh, you know where it takes, yeah five or six. And yeah. um, the, so what I've been hearing is Galveston is not necessarily the nicest beach. So that's kind of like what I do miss being out here in California because I was, I, I was in Seal Beach the other day and it was just nice. Like, you know, everything was nice for mm-hmm. Galveston. I've been told that it's not the nicest of beaches. So you're better off going like for 
uh, south of the coast, like on the, like in Corpus Christi, South Padre or something like that. Okay. So, but for the most part, yeah, like I'm traveling, I have to travel like six hours to go to the beach. It's not, it's not the best. Yeah. It's, it's pretty flat as well. Like it's not like California. We got some mountains, you know, you got a diverse, uh, I guess, ecosystems where you can go to the mountains, go to the beach, you can go like, you know, a few hours North, uh, you can go to the you know forest and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, I remember uh, telling a few locals, like when they were asking me like, so what's so great about California? Like, why would you even miss anything? It's like, well, part of it is the geography. Cause like, like you're saying, like you go to big bear in the morning and mm-hmm. come back and go to the beach at night, like in the same day, you can't do that. in almost in very few States you can do that. Like maybe like Oregon, possibly Washington, but you know, you can't do that in Texas. Like, cause just getting from one end of the, uh, like from one end of the state to the other, it's like almost a day. Mm-hmm. driving so yeah like you know that's i do miss that because there's there's a lot of that much stuff to do here but it's a lot more expensive just to live here that's the problem yeah so you know it's like you have to work twice as hard to be able to enjoy uh, a lot of good things of um of what california has to offer yeah is, you know it's kind of like the downer so it's kind of almost i've, I've learned that it's almost better just to live somewhere like in texas or arizona and just come to visit like in California, just do all this stuff and then, you know, peace out. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so you get the best parts of California, but you don't have to have the cost of living. Yeah, man. Yeah. Cause I mean, I was, I was hearing about like, I, I was hearing this week about so, something about taxing your text messages, dude. Yeah. Oh what my God. No, California's out of control. So like, uh, recently, you know, we, we, <laughs> I don't know why in the midterm election, we decided that, Hey, let's double down and we'll make this gas tax official. So now we can't vote to get rid of it. Now we gave up our power to vote on it again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then shortly after that, we have our text messages that they're thinking about, um, you know, adding a tax to every text mm-hmm. message. So yeah, California, we're out of control in that way, but, uh, I kind of want to go back to the, the sushi thing. Cause like I actually read an article very recently about, uh, this, this man uh he ate sushi and then they had like this this uh this scan of his body and he had tons of parasites like from head to toe could have been fake news but like i mean it was it was definitely clickbait for sure but this yeah. guy was riddled with, i mean have you seen it have uh, you seen the picture i'm not sure if, is this a recent article then? uh you know I, I read it recently so I, I don't know like the time like period but let me see if i can pull it up but it was it was disgusting because um i i have heard of something like that but like maybe like two three years ago where um yeah some guy would, would eat sushi like two or three times a week and he eventually ended up with parasites in his body so like when he took like the like the x-ray you would see the parasites kind of like being in the large and huge parts of, the, oh of his body. God, look at this. Yeah, yeah. So this right here. This this is insane. Yeah. So I've seen. Look at they're all over. Yeah. So. Oh my god! Like just looking at this makes me want to just not want to eat sushi ever again. But I love sushi though. I mean. So one of the things that um, I know, as far as my research goes, like when they flash freeze a fish, that usually kills a lot of the parasites. I think almost all of the parasites. So, and it's really, and it's really more important to do that with, um, with, uh, like salmon because freshwater of all things, they can track the most amount of parasites. Whereas fresh, I mean, yeah. Whereas saltwater, like out in the sea, not so much. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that you should go in there and eat whatever, like the tuna. Yeah. Cause it could still have parasites, but it's more likely to be found in fresh, uh, freshwater fish. Yeah. You know, I would think that saltwater would have more parasites just 
you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure why, but I feel like freshwater since. Yeah, I don't really know why that is. I mean, that's just what's because I mean, I remember like reading the, that follow up piece, which is uh, well, not related to the article about the parasites, but I remember just kind of like after reading that article, digging into it, and it's, yeah, like the, 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 the reason why they flash freeze it when they basically fish, when they, they pull up the fish is so that they can kill most of the parasites. Oh, okay. But uh, so. I mean, and it's really just where you get your fish. Like you gotta, you gotta <laughs> uh, hopefully know where it's coming from. I mean, out here yeah. you go to a sushi bar and you're just like, all right, you know, I'm ready for good eat- eating. And yeah. you know, usually the five star rating, it's it's uh, you know, it's pretty good stuff. Have so. you ever have you ever actually um, YouTube the how to eat sushi? I have not. No. It, it, like so, that definitely changed my the way I could come to see sushi and like eat it in general because. Um, Oh man! So when you look at one of those videos, you see that because if you go to Japan, you go to certain spots, they basically kind of like almost cater to you, like one piece at a piece, piece by piece. Yeah. And um, but they like if if they think that it deserves to have like you know soy sauce, they'll put it on there for you. So they don't just like give you a side of soy soy sauce to go ahead and just and just dip it. it. Yeah, like so. Yeah. And there's a lot of salt in there. Is is, is it salt? Soy, sugar? soy sauce. Yeah, it's salt. It's salt. Soy sauce is salt, wheat, and I think water. So it's basically oh salt, soybeans. I think it has a little sugar in there, right? Mm, I mean, just for like that, taste or like ponzu sauce. Like ponzu is, is a little sweet. Okay, but basically, um, soy sauce is just umami and and salt. But uh, yeah, when you look at that, like that's the, the one video that I saw. So amateur fish eater. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're, we're watching a, a video uh, for those of you just listening, but um, uh, it's a video of how you've been doing it wrong eating sushi. So I, I, I didn't figure that that would be a thing, but so, uh, you know, I you, guess it is. Yeah. So when I'm still living here, you, you and I and a few of our other of our friends would go out and eat sushi, right? Yeah. So I, I would always like after seeing this, I would always see you guys like get your uh, little uh, little uh, bowl of like your soy sauce. You put the soy sauce, and then you put the wasabi paste on there, mix it up, and then as you start dipping your fishes, you know, yeah, your yeah, in there. Not guilty. All right. I mean, the, the thing is, like at the time, I didn't want to come off like as a snob or anything, so. I was like, I'm not going to say anything. So that's why you you would see me like with my fingers get like the the slice of fish, take it take it off the, the little bowl of rice. I mean, off the little uh, platform of rice. Then I would get like a little bit of the wasabi paste, smear it onto the fish, put it back on top. <laughs> then I'll get the fish, fish side down, and barely dip it into the soy sauce and eat it that way. So that's how you would you would eat um, sushi and like well, just to, a bougie ass like sushi eater, you know? What? <laughs> well, well, I mean, you would think, yeah. So that's that's kind of the reason why I, I personally was just like, hey, like you know, I don't want to come up with snot because so the the whole science behind it. So uh, you really want to just taste the fish, like that's like if you taste more of the saltiness than you do the the fish itself. Kind of, kind of doing it wrong. Doing it wrong. <laughs> and then my dad, uh, my dad's also a chef, so he's constantly told me like, if you only taste salt, or you know, if you only taste salt, you're not cooking well. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of a thing. And like even like right now that I've uh, come across a lot of Indian people, they always tell me the same thing. Like you know, there's there needs to be seasoning, but the seasoning is not never meant to overpower whatever you're whatever vessel you're using to carry it. Like you know, in the sense of like chicken or lamb or something like that. Yeah. And I'd say like you're, you're more of a amateur chef as well, because on social media, you, you kind of experiment with different things. And uh, yeah. I mean, you've told me about like how you'd like to open your own restaurant and, you know, yeah. So like, uh, tell me a little about like your experience there. Like how did you get started? <laughs> if money wasn't an issue, I'd definitely be a chef. 
Like to, yeah. or I, I would strive to be a chef or because I mean eventually when I would if I were to open a restaurant then the purpose is to make money, but um, yeah I mean uh, so that's something that I've um, that I've always enjoyed doing like it was just been just a hobby of mine like and I don't even know where it started I want to say it started when I was like younger like when I was like five or eight between five or eight where like I mean I knew my dad would cook for a living and like we would make donuts and stuff like that and like we would uh like homemade donuts? Yeah yeah. Uh, oh, well it was cheaper to make back then. Well like, I didn't I didn't know you could do that. Yeah yeah <laughs> actually without like the equipment and I don't know like they do at the donut shops. So that yeah. was a special process. I mean it, it's inefficient if you do it from home in a sense I mean because it's 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 kind of messy and you need a lot of space true, and all true, stuff. True. But um but yeah, like uh, that's kind of like where I started to look because like at the time I wanted donuts and it was cheaper to just, my dad would always fear like, well, we could save money by just making like a hundred donuts with like 15 bucks versus like 12 bucks for a dozen. And it's like, yeah, and it's gone within like a few minutes. So it's like, yeah, now I like, can just, oh man. And then, yeah. But yeah, so things like that <clears throat> kind of spiked me at my interest. And then it just steamrolled from that point on. Like uh, I found food cooking specifically uh, more therapeutic. That's kind of like my like therapy to a certain degree. And like uh, when I do post on social media, like you like, like you were mentioning, like and you've seen that I basically put like kind of like low budget meals and things that you can do like on a quick. Yes. Because that's really I think what the the motivation for well actually the lack of motivation to cook is that it takes too long or you have to clean like a ton of dishes. So that's kind of like the challenge that I personally have taken to, uh, to, you know, just do to myself, be a little therapeutic and such. And like, I like cooking fish. Like that's a funny thing. It took me, to, it took me a trip to Texas to actually be able to appreciate fish, which is like the, <laughs> the irony of it all. Cause you know, of all places, fish, I mean, of all places, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and then, um, yeah, like, um, the, I've grown since then and like it took it was a lot of trial and error like even living it well the the sink or swim moment for me to cook was when I was living on campus at Cal Poly you know where we both went to school uh, good times good times lots of good times lots of good times uh, I guess another uh, for our listeners um, we're actually fraternity brothers uh, that's where we met um, was at Cal Poly Pomona and uh, that was before I, I was already you I was pledging, the, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then you were uh, yeah, you just playing soccer, like in real soccer or something like that. Yeah, like a club soccer there at school on campus. Um, but yeah, so that was my sink or swim moment there. It was just cooking and like I, po- I food poisoned myself twice, like based on undercooked <laughs> oh, chicken. No. Yeah. Hey, you could have killed yourself. Oh, geez. Chicken's no joke. <laughs> it, it wasn't like, oh, like, you know, salmonella, I'm going to die in like two days. But still, like, but, yeah, undercooked chicken. Yeah. Like, it, was, it was definitely not a happy time. But because uh, I, the way, the way I did it was like, all right, I saw that it was white and I figured, all right, it's done. Took it off the pan. Didn't even bother checking the insides. Then, you know, I was just like, okay. Bite into it, not even thinking, put in like barbecue sauce and then ate it. So, and again, I was hungry at the time, so I didn't even think, yeah, didn't think about the texture or anything because, yeah. you know, uh-huh. raw no, meat is different than I can cooking. relate and I still do that. Yeah, so it was, it was horrible, man. I but, make chicken jerky on, on the Foreman grill. Like, <laughs> I just slap it on there. Yeah, that's, and it's black when it comes out, and I'm just like, all right, here we go. And like, that's happening to me, too. Chicken jerky is not, it's not as fun as it sounds, but it really isn't. But uh, I didn't know you could actually make it taste good. That, that was the. <laughs> 
Yeah, like nowadays, no, now like I mess with all kinds of spices, dude. Like, like minimum when I make chicken, minimum four spices. I would say like spice is the the number one thing that can make like or take your uh, your food game to the next level oh, if you're making okay. it yourself. Because actually, I've come to that recent conclusion. I, I make very basic meals, but now I'm starting to incorporate like different spices rather than just salt and pepper. Yeah, and like I'm adding like lemon on my salmon and like you know other uh, you know just I guess different combinations like yeah. and adding more vegetables and it just like it takes. Uh, takes it from a, just to another level. I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, and I've I've gotten uh, I've gotten like shit from like Indian people. Not obviously they weren't being derogative, but they were saying like how food here is a little bit bland to them because I mean, they don't we, use it. We don't. <laughs> right, we salt and pepper. That's it. Like you know, yeah. like to them, that's like well, okay, well, I think it, they were saying something about like English people use pepper as heat. Like for us, that's not like that's not heat. You know, that's like especially me. I came from a Hispanic background, specifically from Mexico. Um, yeah, like pepper, we're like, what? That's not heat. Like, you know, you got to throw in some holiday or some habaneros. Yeah, that's a, that's what's up. And, uh, yeah, let's see. Um, excuse me, sir. Um, a little too spicy for me. Um, <laughs> uh, as you can see, I'm Caucasian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for Caucasian. Uh, I'm sorry. We're just uh, season on the uncultured, and I am. Uh, as well, very whitewashed. So <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've, I've actually, you know, I've gone that as well. Like they're very whitewashed, but it's because uh, when I, you know, I can tie that into food, but specifically because I kind of rather than like just specializing in like Mexican food, I would go and like try like Asian food. Like my favorite type of food for sure is uh, Japanese and Thai. And let's like I try to cook Japanese and Thai food. That's what I'm trying to I'm trying to learn. Uh, if only your mom can hear you right now, she she well no <laughs> yeah beat you with the same. Oh, she wanted to beat the hell out of me like when she showed me how to make basole. Like I was making basole, which for those people that don't know, uh, it's basically kind of like a stew with like a shredded pork because the shredded pork is essentially stewed in in the spices. Like the it's like a chili sauce that goes into the broth, and you know, you put garlic and bay leaves and stuff like that, and some corn hominy uh that's basically what pozole is and when my mom showed me how to do that when i left to college mm-hmm. i was like oh i want to try with i don't want to try this spice and she's like what like it was like sacrilegious dude she's straight up <laughs> you're trying to do something to my yeah creation. she wanted to beat the shit out of me with the ladle i was like dude like, i saw that look on her face like what the fuck really oh jeez. yeah so <laughs> then like i i mean yeah dude that's 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 just i like to explore nowadays like um and like speaking with like Indian, Indian people, like I get to see a good, uh, I get to see like what kind of spices they use and stuff like that. So that's awesome. And that's why, like, and that's kind of like my approach to cooking now, especially to make it simple and quick, mm-hmm. minimum four spices. Like, and you just gotta mess around with them. Like, honestly, like, uh, like the like for chicken, plain and simple, just I always put salt, black pepper. Uh, garlic powder and uh, onion powder. And I need to write that down. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll have to give that that recipe to me when I uh, when we get out of here. But uh, yeah, um, you know, just cooking in general uh, is just better than going out to eat. I'm trying to do a better job of that. I'm not always the best, but having food around that you can actually um, create and make it, I can see how that's therapeutic. It's not my thing in general, but that's. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. No, it's therapeutic when you're cooking on your own time for yourself, maybe for a few other people. It's definitely therapeutic that way. Like if you're if you're on a kitchen line, it may not as be as therapeutic because <laughs> you got you're constantly like, hey, you got to I, I don't know how they do that. Yeah, yeah. like uh, just food, the food industry in general. Uh, like, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, and I could that. see that. I could definitely see how that's a sport. 
Like, honestly, because you got to be on your feet and you got to be like moving here, moving there. And yeah. Here. And then people sending food back. Like, I, yeah, yeah. basically five in the play. Yeah. Because send the food back. Yeah. Oh, um, geez. Uh, but I want to get back to, uh, you know, Texas and California. These two, you got to say, like, these are polar opposites. They're, they're like, you know, bitter enemies. I'd say Texans, they're always looking at California as like the worst. And then California is looking at Texans the worst. Yeah. But that being said, we have a mass exodus of people leaving California, especially young people yeah. and going to Texas. Businesses are going to Texas. Like, what do you think that is? Uh, well, I mean, I'm not a business person yet. So, uh, it's, I can only tell from an outsider looking in and basically what I, what I view as logic or as logical. I think it's just honestly the, the, the cost. So from what I've heard about Toyota specifically is that Toyota didn't necessarily move so much because of the, the high uh, taxes and all that stuff or how much uh, California was raising taxes. Mm-hmm. It was really more of uh, the cost of living because it was really skyrocketing. And so one of the things that Toyota does is they have corporate housing. So it was really expensive for them to do that uh, from what I've been told. Uh, I think personally, um, California, uh, and, it's, and it's not, I mean, I want to say it's not necessarily like a liberal or conservative thing, but mm-hmm. I want to say that the people that run California, like when they, they think they just see, view things or people as like dollar signs, you're really, you're really going to hurt by adding all these different kinds of taxes and things, trying to control every single aspect of the business, which, you know, I get from some people like they're, you know, they, they kind of see as a businesses as like not having hearts and stuff uh i want to be on the side of like hey maybe like i mean eventually if the market decides to be for expects a company to be more ethical they will shop somewhere else until that person gets their ethics up so Mm -hmm. you know free market and stuff like that but yeah so california just tries to control those little aspects and and, then some of the stuff is a little bit unwarranted some of the stuff might be justified but it's really all that like uh just take a look at our housing uh situation so california if i'm not mistaken just i don't know how recent they passed uh, a law where basically or they're trying to pass a law where now new anything that's considered a new home a new new build has to automatically have solar panels Mm -hmm. so and, and you know, solar power is great. Like honestly, I mean, if everybody, if everybody can, they should definitely switch to solar panel. I mean, to, to solar energy. But when you already factor in the, the fact that it's expensive to own a home in California, and then you're putting on this requirement that they have to have solar panels, you're adding easily. Depending on how many solar panels, see, that's the thing where like the details, the the devils in the details. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could get like five solar panels, you can get eight solar panels, depending on how much, how many solar panels you put on, you're looking at easily like $33,000 in, in added costs. So tacked on. Yeah. And then you also have the maintenance costs. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess it kind of offsets it when you're not paying for, you know, <clears throat> paying your, uh, uh, your electric bill, but yeah, like the the cost of entry into owning a home goes up, and that that can be very hard for. I mean, it's already obviously hard for anyone living here as a young person. Yeah, like people our age, they're, if they're buying homes in California, they're buying uh, townhomes, or they're buying them like way out in like San Bernardino, Victorville. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not really feasible to own to, to own something out there when you have to work in like Irvine or like even LA. I've seen people do it, but you know, they're really they're really putting themselves out there, and you know, 
And if you're one of those environmentalists or uh, people that believe in that, uh, you know, we're exacerbating the problem for climate change, like, you know, we <laughs> now this person has to drive two hours a day just to get to work. Yeah. And, you're, you know, the, the, if, you, if, if I may be allowed to play devil's advocate, the, the proposal to that, be like, well, just buy an electric car. Well, that's like easily another 33K. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like for people that are already like, trying to go to that middle class, that 33K is not that feasible. So a lot of times you see these people buying a used car. Used car is not necessarily going to be electric or hybrid, you know? So mm-hmm. they're, they're still the gas guzzlers. They're not even gas guzzlers, just, you know, gas efficient cars that you see on the street. It's really hard like to, you know, attack on all these regulations. And like, just how we were talking about like the text messaging, these things are meant to like supposedly help the environment or help the poor, but in reality they hurt the poor more than they actually do help. Of course. Yeah. You're talking about this gas tax. It hurts, <laughs> it hits poor communities a lot harder than they do. You know, and we're talking like California, the, as a whole, it, they really want to have this, you know, quality of, of uh, income with a $15 per hour and, you know, the gas tax, but you're talking about all these things and they don't, look at the poorest of us that like me trying to get to work as someone that just needs or gets by now you've made it where I, maybe it's impossible for me to drive a car and we don't have the public transit system for, for them to get to work. Yeah. So it prices people out. And I mean, California has a lot of great things going for it. You know, the women weed and weather. Right. So, but it counteracts that with just burdensome taxes. You know, you can't build a life for yourself if you're young mm-hmm. and you don't get a lot of land, all these other things, traffic. And I, I you know, I guess to tack on to that, uh, not only is it just the cost of living, <clears throat> but um, also just how bad like traffic is. I think that's another, other reason, but it, it's kind of like a, uh, you know, it contributes to the, um, the decision to move. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, it, was there any other reasons why uh, you thought of moving or? Well, before I answer that, like the funny thing about like uh, some of the emissions that we're creating, the, the, the a gas car creates the most emissions when it's constantly stopping and going. Correct. Yeah. So if you're stuck in really heavy traffic, like you see in LA, your a car is basically an emission machine because it's constantly going like two feet, stop, two feet, stop. Yeah. So, and that's, that's one of the things that people, that a lot of people don't really understand when it comes to emissions. Uh, that's where you, you get them the most. Like if a car would be allowed to just drive down from like point A to point B without any kind of stoppage. I mean, obviously I know it's not necessarily feasible because you know, there's other cars involved, but let's just say hypothetically, like if a car was able to just drive from point A to point B, it wouldn't really, it, I mean, basically a Ford Focus would actually be cleaner than a hybrid. Like, you know, if that was the case. Yeah. And, and like, that's the thing that we need to take in consideration. Like the, 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 like one of the things that Elon Musk is in is like the tunnels downstairs to try to reduce like the amount of cars that are on the street. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, we need to kind of focus on that rather than actually trying to force people to buy electric cars and stuff like that. Yeah. And I've actually, uh, I've read some, con- uh, con- uh, 
articles that are saying that Elon Musk is like contributing to the uh, carbon footprint that we have by building his tunnel and like he's crazy and like it's not going to be successful and it actually adds to traffic for some odd reason and <laughs> it's kind of kind of very strange how you know somebody's trying to innovate and uh, I guess provide a solution and then they're they're uh, labeled a kook when they actually promote something like maybe a super train that's going to cost billions of dollars that just runs from San Francisco, but San Francisco to LA or something like that. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. The Hyperloop yeah. or whatever the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was it governor, governor Brown or, uh, was, was that, yeah, I think yeah. It was Brown. Was that his project? Yeah. Uh, Moonbeam. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, and, and, and there's definitely like, uh, so I'm not going to be here and be like, there's, uh, what is it? Climate change design exists because I mean, if you look at evolutionary science, there's proof that it has changed. Well, yeah, cl- you know? climate change even as a natural process exists. We yeah. have global warming and global cooling. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ice ages, like all that stuff. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's I just, agree. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of the things that we need to like stop. It's just well, for, like I mean, it might piss off a few, some people listening, but uh, some, sometimes things need to be said. But for example, certain people need to stop denying that it doesn't exist because it does, and, and other people need to. Uh, stop telling they need to start telling the truth and saying that just by us changing you know certain aspects of our lives is going to really change anything because you know you have stuff like uh, super volcanoes that cause just as much damage to the earth as us in like 30 years or something like that like you know there's I don't know the exact figures but there's 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 science on that as well like so at one point how much how much uh, damage can we really reverse like hum- us humans but I mean if we really are concerned about like how our carbon footprint you know we need to start like if if there is a reason for taxes at all it would be tra- public transportation like you try to like make it better make it not like as smelly and maintain it well not as smelly yeah yeah you know for God's sake you can even try play. to keep the homeless from living in there so like yeah yeah I mean <laughs> what yeah I mean that's kind of sad but yeah exactly no it, it is very sad but I get I get to knock on uh, LA uh, because San Francisco I, I've only visited San Francisco once and I remember the first time I visited San Francisco got out of the car and there was just homeless everywhere. Yeah. And uh but LA the same way and you have also have you have Skid Skid Row and they're actually putting them on buses and trying to drop them off in Anaheim, Santa Ana area. Yeah, yeah. The Irvine PD is the I think from what I've been hearing is that they actually pick up their homeless people and put them in they'll just dump them in Santa Ana. And I've never I, seen I think it. Santa Ana has like a you know sanctuary city type status, right? I, heard I, I just I just don't think they have the infrastructure or the resources to actually handle it. <laughs> to handle it, yeah, like, <laughs> that could right. be yeah. that could very well be. I don't, I don't think it's like a sanctuary for homeless people per se, but I think they just don't have the resources specifically. Yeah, but I mean, when you look at, I mean, if that is true, because I mean, I've heard from several urban residents in Santa Ana residents that that happens. So, and then you look at the fact that Irvine constantly places like one or like top three in like the safest cities in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And I guess going back, I do agree that yes, climate change does exist as a natural process, and also I do believe that human beings exacerbate that. I think that what we do um, as a whole, we do, we're not very good stewards of the, of the earth. Uh, And that's like, you know, trash or, you know, overfishing and all that stuff. So, but I think that there is a concerted effort for corporate entities to push an agenda, like a green agenda to allow themselves to be viable business. Now we should search for solutions 
I think if it, you know, if there was a single answer, like big companies, they, they are, they're always adapting and they, they can evolve into, I guess, um, I guess provide less pollution if, if it's allows them to be profitable as well. So they yeah. can't be hamstrung by regulations, but they need to have an incentive to look at uh, cleaner, uh, you know, I guess cleaner forms of energy or reducing pollution. It's difficult, man. Honestly, it really is difficult because it's like nobody really wants to trash. I mean, at least no no rational person really wants to trash their, their, where they live and you know their country and all that stuff. I mean, if it's if it's like for all like recycling and stuff like that, I'm all for, I'm always up for recycling because we need to reduce the amount of trash we leave out. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like uh, like a carbon tax. I'm not necessarily going to agree with that because it's just, you're not, you're, you're, you're not hurting really, the poor. You are. We really are hurting the poor. You're putting the burden on the people when it's, when the people, and it's the people that really don't have the much that they can do to contribute to the solution that are being hurt. You know? Yeah. So it's like, you're punishing them for not being able to financially being able to buy an electric car, things like that. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's rough. And you're already making it difficult for these people to live. And, you talk about like stacking adversity against the poor. This is this is the stuff that kind of like uh-huh. contributes to that. And like honestly, like uh, like that's what I was saying like earlier. Like uh, if if, if uh, people just stop denying, stop like over using it as a fear tactic, and then also stop denying that it exists, then we can actually come together and really determine how much do we really contribute to the to to this. Because I mean, we know for a fact that weather is also influenced by space. So like you know you they got the sun the sun the sun is constantly getting bigger so all naturally if it's bigger that means it's the distance between us and the sun is coming shorter that hmm. would explain how, that, I mean I've, I've, I think logic would say that, that would explain you know hotter temperatures then you have the sunspots how they they uh, they cause definitely changes in, in the weather the moon and the tides and stuff like that so we definitely need to start taking that into consideration as well because it's like. If, if it's stuff that's like from space, that's really going to, that's really does influence the weather. We need to start. Hey, I mean, I know people were joking about space force with uh, Trump, but <laughs> even Neil Tyson, the grass was like, was like, dude, let's, let's do it. Let's set up a space force. I mean, there's a lot of debris in the space that's just collecting around. That's that insane. Yeah. That was the most insane. When yeah. I heard that, I was like, you know, I, I really didn't think about it, but you know, that really makes sense. Yeah. You know, you have one screw that's moving very, very fast up there. Like it can, you know, it can cause a, a, a lot of damage. Well, and it's really going to hurt us in our research of the universe and stuff. Cause we, we do want to send stuff out there. If there's so much trash up there, like. Then we're trapped on our own planet. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. it's like, I'm pretty sure, that, you know, that can be a factor, but you know, back to what I was saying about weather, like we have to look at all these aspects. It's not just us. Like, it, like I think, uh, I'm don't quote me on this. We probably have to research this, but apparently something, some, some, uh, they were talking about how, like, for example, like, uh, Kangas Khan, how he wiped out 10% of the earth that reduced the carbon footprint during the time because humans just by existing, breathing, <laughs> contributing, we're, we're contributing to, you know, the carbon footprint, you know? And then you look at the fact that, you know, you have uh, people that are like, they're vegetarian for whatever reason. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing or being, being vegan is a bad thing, but you have them, they're demanding like more uh, plant-based uh, products and stuff like that. So you need, you need to clear out land 
to farm all that stuff. So in order to clear the land, you know, you now have to either like have certain spots in the Amazon, you're, uh, you're cutting trees down for soil production, corn production, either to feed the cattle or necessarily, you know, going to, you know, being a product. Yeah reducing the amount of trees that could also, you know, that also increases the carbon footprint that we leave. So it's really hard to like escape from that. I feel like, and again, this is just logic. There's different ways that we contribute to it that aren't direct. Like we don't, directly uh, attribute to um, like our footprint. So yeah. Cause yeah. even like batteries, for example, you need to farm or you need to harvest the lithium that powers the batteries that, mm-hmm. you know, like makes the batteries work. And how do we do that? We how have we to mine for it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to mine for it. Like, and even then when you produce the battery, you can't like, there has to be a way to dispose it correctly too, because even just have, throwing it around somewhere, that's going to, Mm-hmm. That's gonna uh, pollute the environment. So there's a lot. There's a lot of things to consider than just like, oh, we need to stop driving gas cars. We just start, you know, stop uh, eating meat and things like that. It's 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 a lot of stuff. It's really hard for it us. Is. Like honestly, like because I believe that like us as humans, at least now we destroy. We basically destroy what the earth was supposed to be. But I mean, you know, that's just. And down another rabbit hole, but, yeah, I but I, you know, just I love rabbit holes. Let's let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's 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 relevant to like us. Like you know, there's, there's very little ways we can really do without like unless like you stop reading somehow, stop eating somehow. Like you know, you can't really do that. Like you know, it's it, it's it's tough because even like for example, Native, the certain Native American tribes that would actually they would do two things. Some Native American tribes what they would do to hunt buffalo. They would run a bunch of them off t- of a cliff, so they can all die, and then they harvest the meat. I mean, if you do that with a huge herd of buffalo, could be a little bit more than you can uh, yeah, use. But yeah, uh, yeah it, it, it's that's a little bit irresponsible at a smaller scale. But yeah, and there's a lot of waste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, there was other oh, there was apparently other tribes too that were documented that uh, they would chop down a lot of trees because you know for wood and whatever to smoke meat and things like that. Or cure me if I'm not mistaken, but yeah, there's also documented uh, instances of Native American tribes cutting down trees. And again, go back to the trees. We need them to produce clean air, right? So it's tough, man. Like it's it's it's. I think it's hard to get away from that. Yes, yeah, and uh, I think that taxing people isn't the right way. But there, there is a solution out there. We just haven't really, <laughs> like, it, we haven't really um, discovered that. And um, but I'm gonna put. I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat real quick (laughs) because I just think that the, the green, like I'm, I love nature. I love being a good steward of humans being good stewards of of our environment. But I do believe that there are corporate interests that are pushing an agenda to convince people like, Hey, let's buy our electric cars because they're so much better than um, everything else. So do you think that, Science, the science community has been influenced by, I guess, quote unquote, like lobbyists or people that have come forth with money to do a study in order to promote that agenda. Uh, I mean, there's definitely a proven instances of that being true. Uh, and there's definitely there's definitely proven cases of manipulation of the media, of the, any medium that supposed that's supposed to inform us. You know, like the whole thing with the weapons of mass destruction and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, it's it's not incomplete. It's not completely irrational. It's not completely out of the realm of possibility that it's still going on. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of it's it, the thing. The problem with that is that it's hard 
to really call those things out without necessarily, you know, being one of those tinfoil hat people, you know, and some, and, and that's, and this was hard when you're thinking differently, some differently or not just differently than the masses, mm-hmm. you're going to be first a pariah. And then second of all, they're going to either call you crazy, tinfoil hat wearing like, you know, and it's, <laughs> I think it's an issue, but yeah. it's just a new way of thinking, just like explore and just like refute stuff that doesn't make sense. And then look at, other facts, alternative facts. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just try to make conclusions that are a little bit different and think differently. Yeah. I mean, cause, uh, the funny thing is that the whole thing about like, you separate truth into like different subclasses of truth. Like to me, logically it doesn't make sense, but unfortunately that's just the reality that we live by now, you know? And, and also like, you know, subjective truths, we have objective truths, like, you know, that's those, the, yeah, those, those are the type of things where you just get so muddled in, in that. But, I guess that idea comes from, especially when Neil deGrasse Tyson's uh, special, I, th- I think it was uh, like oh, the Space Odyssey. I called Neil Tyson deGrasse. No, no, no. no. Like I, I know who you meant. Yeah. Uh, our listeners did too. But, uh, you know, he, he talks about like there's instances like with the, um, I guess, the oil industry where they were like scientists were paid to say like, oh, hey, like, you know, um, with the oil industry, like this isn't harmful. It doesn't contain lead. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't, it's not harmful to the environment. And I know for a fact now there's studies that can pretty much tell you anything that you want. You, if you're a corporate interest, you fund a study, they'll tell you exactly what you want mm-hmm. them to, uh, to tell you. Yeah. And they're, they're not, um, you know, wholly truthful or you can have, uh, twist statistics that show the result that you want. Right. Uh, so that's, that's where that comes from. I know that who benefits from the world getting on this green agenda. It's not this, you know, like, oh, we're all in this together. And like, we, we all have to take care of the earth. It's not solely that it's also like, Hey, there's tons of money we can make if we, you know, put the wool over people's eyes and tell them like, Hey, apocalypse is going to happen. Yeah, I mean, and Al Gore, he, he said the world was going to end in 2016. And, you know, you got to look at that and say like, all right, people have an interest in causing panic and that can profit off of it. Right. I mean, and that's, that's kind of the issue of why like I don't necessarily a hundred percent just go with whatever policy goes out for the sake of, you know, the environment. Uh, Cause it's really tough, man. Cause like, I mean, you look at like, you know, you look at people that you've, okay, well, obvious example marijuana the reason like a lot of people uh still believe that it was it become it was criminalized because it was you know bad for people and stuff like that and the reality the reality is is that uh, some guy william randolph hearst he owned a paper mill and he owned a a newspaper company so he was Uh he was losing a hemp yeah Naturally, sorry, he started writing in his own paper that they were that blacks and Mexicans were smoking this weed and raping white women and all kinds of stuff. So then it's like, oh, convince, yeah, convince if, if, if in doubt, you know, blame the minorities. <laughs> so then you you convinced you convinced the basically Congress to pass a law without even realizing that there's all these uses out of the, the marijuana leaf or the marijuana plant itself. Like, like a, a little known little known fact that Henry Ford invented a car entirely out of hemp steel. You have you have hemp uh, steel. Hemp steel. I've yeah. never heard of. Well, yeah, hemp, you, you, yeah. Is this like like Google this, it? Google no. it. Okay, I, I gotta look that up. Know, Please explain more. You know, I, hemp I, steel. I, I, yeah. I I I swear if, <laughs> if I didn't know you better, I'd be like, are you high? Hemp steel car Henry <laughs> Ford. Google that. Hemp steel car Henry Ford. You are high, good sir. <laughs> I, I, I hope I'm not. So, uh, but you know, even in Mexico, uh, there's. 
there's companies that are produced. Uh, yeah, see? No. 10 times stronger than steel. 1940s hemp car. This must be a Vox and it, article. And it ran. This is a Vox article. The, the funny thing is that it ran on uh, hemp oil, too. It didn't I, run on gas. No way. Mm-hmm. And it was stronger than steel. Supposedly, yeah. I'm gonna have to read that word for it. So we're looking at an article right now, and <laughs> I guess it's it's claiming that uh, the 19 was it 1940s we have hemp steel cars. Well, by was, me by Henry Ford. There was one prototype that was released by Henry Ford. It was supposed to be stronger than steel, and it's been by that nature it was cheaper. Wow. Yeah, and it that ran on hemp oil. Hemp on. oil. So you know that's again, if you want to talk about staying away from gas. There's your obvious solution right there. Wow, that that blows my mind right now. Yeah, so we have, you know, and that's the, the example that I'm trying to make with like, marijuana. That guy, because it was going to cut into his profits, start releasing news articles, uh, which you know it's a little a little divergent for what you're saying about studies, but you know he still manipulated the, the media. You know? Yeah, that's a different way of doing it. Like yeah. you have the media, then we have academia, yeah. which I mean that's that's another wormhole. But I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into it. Yeah. Uh, you know, with academia, we have you know money. Come on, turn off that phone, bro. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's my personal family. Uh, it's your first podcast. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I need to have a sign in the studio. Mm-hmm. No phones, but um, uh, where was that? Um, oh, academia. Now, when you have money. And you're coming to, uh, you know, somebody comes to you and they're still like, Hey, I want this study. Like, are you going to, you know, exactly. You can, I'm putting on silent. I'm putting on silent. No, sorry. Uh, are you going to, uh, refute whatever they're, bit? okay. He didn't put on silent. All right. <laughs> you're about to be kicked out of the show. <laughs> All right. You're saying, okay. Um, yeah. So man keeps, uh, no, no, I'm, listen- I'm listening. Yeah. I'm listening. So like, um, yeah, you have money that's going to, are you going to make a study that says like, Hey, whoever gave me this money, he's a you know cruel dude and all this other stuff. Like, mm-hmm. uh, no, you're going to, most likely you're going to have a study that uh, gives them the result that they want. Yeah. So you can get more money to do more studies and maybe you take a portion of that and you do other studies as well with it, which is completely fine. But there's just a, a loop there that, you know, there's, just like, just like in the news, when they found out that news was profitable, you start churning out stories that it's more entertainment. Like mm. you, you create stories that your audience wants to hear, not stuff that is actually the news. You tell them how to think because they're like, okay, like, you know, I'm too lazy to think for myself. I'd rather listen to stuff that, you know, uh, confirms my, um, you know, my way of thinking. Yeah. It's a lot easier to tell, to tell somebody how to think than it is to teach them how to think. Uh, but yeah, you know, again, that obvious example of like the, the hemp and, you know, it's like, again, what have we shown like since then, like the hemp oil, CBD oil helps treat, you know, seizures and other kinds of diseases it helps relieve pain a lot better than the, the stuff that gets prescribed. And so at the time, I think, I think at the time it was more of an issue of this person that, that uh, saw a threat from hemp that got it to be, you know, got it banned or criminalized. And then now it's like pharmaceuticals there that would love to have it like decriminalized unless if they get into the industry themselves. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, it's, 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 it's not, again, it's not irrational 
to start thinking this way because it's like I mean I, like those those of you that have had experience with with marijuana in some shape or form, they know you know that it's it causes very little harm. And I mean it might make you lazy, but then again that's only if you let it lazy. So there's things like self self accountability that needs to be taken into consideration when it comes to these things. But uh, anyway, I'm sorry like to you know diverge from the original question, but yeah like and there's stuff like that with the nutrition and uh, honestly. There is sometimes uh, studies that may have gotten it wrong because science is still re- science when it comes to nutrition and things like that is still relatively new. Yeah, um, and I can understand that. Yeah. Like we we are still learning, and everybody's different, and uh, uh, it reacts differently. But uh, yeah, you know, there's just there needs to be a little bit more critical, um, I guess, uh, or just criticism in general uh, mm-hmm. of certain studies and ways of life and this whole environmental movement. Uh, like, yeah, I, I don't want to say that you know, climate deniers are are correct or the people that are saying that the apocalypse is next year. So we got to be able to, uh, you know, yeah, like you said, somewhere in the middle lies a little bit of room to where we can actually find solutions that everybody can kind of, you know, it's uh, palatable. Yeah. Yeah. And the problem is that sometimes people are, so here's, here's the, here's the main problem with why we're divided. And I'm not trying to get into that rabbit hole, but just it's this part relevant where uh, basically um, you lied to me. I swear this guy, I'm just going to turn it off. He said that he was going to put it on mute. All right. Well, I'm just turning it off. Anyway. So um, the reason why we can't get along is because people like, they think that they're so a certain position. Well, the people like let a certain position influence their, their id, their identity. So that's, so when you try to tell them things, whether it's, it's true or just the way of thinking logically that differs from their position, they automatically feel threatened. And that's what's really holding us back because Correct. Again, yeah. there's like, if you look at like science as a whole with the respect to climate change and things like that, you look at when uh, dinosaurs were about like, you know, there, there's, I mean, yeah, there's a, there's like what, a few papers that were published that, um, that basically declared dinosaurs more relative to birds rather than actual reptiles. Mm-hmm. But let's just go back to the, rep, the reptile link for now, because, you know, it's still relatively new with, with the association with birds, but you look at how reptiles, you know, thrive, they, they basically thrive based off heat and how much food they can get. So when you look at the dinosaurs, dinosaurs were really huge. So for them to be that huge, that means the climate had to be that hot. And for that, and then for the, for the plants to be that huge, that means there has to be that much CO2 for them to support it. Mm-hmm. So you have all those things coming into place. So it kind of tells you that at one point, the earth got bad without our influence. Yes. So, you know, it, 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 it gave for, or, uh, it put forth like, you know, other species and animals like, yeah, mm-hmm. with the changing, that's why mammals began to thrive in another, uh, another climate. And then you have a mass extinction, which generally, uh, wasn't based on uh, natural events. There were other extinctions that were either massive eruption, super volcano, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then there was a new species like insects used to be super huge because I think there was more nitrogen in the atmosphere yeah. and they're able to uh, thrive in that environment. So yeah, like I mean, I'm not saying like, Hey, we shouldn't kill the earth, but yeah, like, like you're saying, yeah, yeah. you just need to find a solution that everybody can, um, can go. But like, yeah, the, conf- the confirmation bias is pretty bad where you, you're in this think tank, in or this uh this think bubble and you never escape it you never hear views from the outside or you just you're you, you say that other people's views are just they're, they're 
um, you know, you can't even be able to speak out your or their views. So yeah, and that's a, and that's the thing. Rather when, rather than actually demonizing people, we need to start just kind of trying to work with them as best we can. Uh, granted, that there might be people that won't budge, but you know what? The point is not to win. That's the way. That's another problem that uh, people are facing. With. They're trying to win. That's not the problem. I mean, that's not the solution. The solution is not for you to win an argument with somebody else. The solution is for something for that discussion. For afraid to turn to discussion and taking some positive things out of that. That's when everybody wins. Yeah. And I think uh, just in my opinion, I think Twitter is the worst oh, yeah, place yeah. for, I mean, uh, I've, I've heard where like, I didn't understand Twitter when I was first on it. Then I heard it was like Twitter is more like a cocktail party where everyone can talk to them uh, to each other and there's no barrier to talking to somebody directly. And I thought that was really interesting, which should cultivate in this this great discussion where we can talk about serious issues. Yeah. But what I, in my opinion, I think Twitter is just a big cesspool of just hate and attacks. And if you get if you put out a message that has a certain stance on a, on a subject, you will get tons of just uh, you know kickback just from people that disagree with you. But it's all it's not like hey consider this point or maybe you should uh, you know read this article by this uh, or the study maybe like you know take a look at it. But it's a lot of hate where it's just like no you're wrong you're stupid blah blah, blah. like you know the choice words are a little bit worse than that. But yeah, uh, yeah, it doesn't cultivate in in this day and age as, as a human race we do a very bad job at evolving with the tools that we have. That are yeah. We basically devolve into a certain degree. And, you know, it's kind of, yeah. it's kind of, postmodernism is, 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 is a pretty bad thing. Yeah. Cause like, okay. So the funny thing is that we have, like, for example, with the whole thing with gender, people think that's non-binary. Okay, fine. We'll give them that. But then for some reason they think every other argument is binary. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> no, it's, it, no, if anything, if there's a, an area where it wouldn't be binary is when you, come, when you have discussions with people, when you try to, you know, get common ground with people. But like when you're talking about like, you know, the, the just kind of people that hold, hold like that, that's in their ways and how much hate there is on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I mean, like look at the topic like socialized healthcare. People, people that are for socialized healthcare think that those that don't want socialized healthcare are automatically assholes. They want everybody to fucking die. You know, yeah, you're attributing motive to somebody that's like it has nothing to do with that, and or people that want to defund Planned Parenthood or like you know these things, yeah. and, and even on the other side where uh, you know are pro Planned Parenthood and saying like oh you just want to you know kill innocent babies and all that stuff like there needs to be more of a discussion between those people which you only see during a debate either uh, you know leading up to an election or you know perhaps leading up to a midterm when you have two uh, opposing views that are up against each other, but you, you don't see that on, uh, nearly enough. No. And especially on, on college campuses nowadays, like you don't even see that, uh, the different, differing views coming together. Yeah. Cause I mean, you have people that are trying to distance themselves from the far left and then, and the far right to a certain degree. I mean, you, I hope, I hope to that, I hope that leads to a point where like all the people that are like rationally minded gravitate towards the middle. Yeah. I hope, uh, even like for example, the example like the the example that I made about social socialized healthcare. Like me personally, I'm not necessarily for socialized healthcare right off the bat because there's plenty of other stuff we can do to influence the health of people. Like look at how bad we eat. Like we need we need to fix the food supply. Like the food supply is so centralized that that's why it makes it harder for people like in fucking Compton or LA where I grew up to get fresh uh, 
you know, a good access to fresh quality vegetables and produce and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. it's really tough. Like you, like, and that's what, ha- that's the problem that happened in the, during the great depression, which, you know, people don't necessarily believe in free markets. I personally think that a free market would always work. The problem here's, here's the problem with the free market is that it doesn't necessarily work as fast as people want it to, because you, you got to give it time. And like you know, during the great depression, I mean, it was going to be a while before the, the market bounced back, but you know, people were starving. People like were on the streets and they were and suffering. It was pretty bad. Yeah. It was pretty bad. So it, it makes sense to, you know, look for the government to find a solution. But what, what the, the problem with that is that like corn stuff, like corn wheat were centralized. So now you don't have uh, markets competing in like at a local level for, for your dollars and trying to bring food to you cheaper. For, you know, you don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. So instead we're stuck eating like a McDonald's for a dollar cheeseburger because it's, it, it'll fill your belly. But at the same time, what are you doing to your house? It's a, it, it's crazy that we have like poor people are fat. I mean, uh, Americans fat or Americans are fat in general, but I'd say in this day and age, poor people are fat. And you know, we have, if you have better <laughs> access to food, you have a healthier diet. Like you yeah. live, a bit, live a little bit longer, less chance of uh, cancer for cancer. Yeah. Like what um, you were saying, like, yeah, like I think what was it back in like medieval times or times of like, you know, king, kingdoms and stuff like that. Like if a king was fat, that means that he ate a lot because he had, you know, he was in control. He had all the money, all the resources. Yeah, thick women were in back yeah. then. They just like, damn, she, she be eating good. Like yeah. she got some money. Like, like we're getting like poor people were at the time were stuck like eating a potato and like we're getting like a carrot here and there. So they were really thin, right? Yeah, yeah. Now it's the reverse though. That's the that's a messed up thing and funny thing to a certain degree, but it's really more messed up and now it's the reverse. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because and, and like I don't, you know, and I don't blame anybody that takes their kids to McDonald's to feed them like for the day because it's like, you know what? There's there's times where that's all you really do have. Granted, there's 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 those cases like that's why I want to say that first because there's with that being said, there's still a lot of people that abuse it because they were allowed to go to McDonald's for the same reason of like, oh, I don't want to spend convenience. Yeah, I don't want to spend five bucks on vegetables, piece of meat, then cook myself. I'd rather just go to McDonald's and get like three double cheeseburgers for three bucks and I save myself two dollars. Yeah, but it, it, yeah, it, because I th- I think there's a lot of good food that like I, I don't believe or subscribe to the idea that like uh, lower income homes don't have access to good food. I think that, you know, maybe the supermarket isn't local, that that's that can be an argument. But, um, you know, a McDonald's, they may be around the corner. That's there's convenience there. But these, uh, you know, as a family, you need to be able to bring the best food to like you go to a Winco that may be in lower income um, areas and, you know, there's quality produce they're they're at a very good price don't go to walmart that stuff is garbage yeah <laughs> but um yeah i mean also meat like you've you know, get ten dollars worth of meat which can you know for one person can go for the whole week but yeah. there's access to good foods it may not be like it may not be a um uh, localized to where it's convenient to go. Yeah, exactly. And when you, when you look at Winko, Winko actually has their own trucks and they personally go out to the farms or wherever they get their food. They personally go out to, to the spots to get their food. So there's no middleman. Well, there, there might still be a middleman, but they okay. lose money on transportation costs. Because gotcha. they, they basically just, they're not getting a surcharge for going out there. All they do is just pay for gas for what it takes and then the worker. Yeah. I, I personally shop at Winco. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, the savings, it's probably 30 or $40 for a week's worth of food compared to Ralph's. Yeah. And, um, I actually, you know, here in Placentia, you know, I, I, 
Ralph's is right around the corner, but I might go to Winco. It's all the way either in, you know, probably 20 miles away just so I can get, uh, you know, that savings. But yeah. And like the thing is like back to the top of the discussion, spices, man, they're your best friend. Like you go to, go to like a, anywhere that sells them in bulk. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, whether you buy organic or not, I mean, I, as long as you're buying whole foods, I think that's a lot better there than, you know, going to McDonald's anyway, but you know, spices are your best friend. You get spices, you get a piece of, you get a piece of chicken breast, chicken thigh, whatever, and, you know, the cheapest cut you can get, use your spices and you make it really tasty. Like my nephew, when I got a chance to, you know, take care of him, I was feeding him the stuff that I was eating. He actually enjoyed it. He was eating vegetables. He was eating, he was eating chicken. He enjoyed it. But you know, <clears throat> I mean, that the, the problem is that we need to have that more access to that like out there because like you literally see food deserts in like certain communities like like uh, uh certain communities like south central uh compton and stuff like you look in mexico in mexico from when i was when i was over there like um there's a lot of like what you would see what you would consider kind of like liquor stores i mean that's the closest thing i can compare it to here in america but you see a lot of little corner markets that that have vegetables that sometimes even those same people grow on their own mm-hmm. um but you have all that access that, there and like you have like certain spots where you can just take again public transportation it's a lot easier over there you get a, ta- a taxi cab for like two or three bucks or something like that like from like somewhere like near the city you go to what you know what you would think of like a Grand Central Market here in LA. You go to to a place like that in Mexico. You can buy all your fresh vegetables and stuff like that. The meat tastes a lot better over there uh, to a certain degree, and it's not. It's like like I remember like my mom when I first got her into organic produce, with specifically with an orange. I gave her the orange. The very first thing when she bit into it, wow, this tastes like the oranges in Mexico. What the hell? Like, <laughs> and like you, you like the funny thing is it's I mean. Like with organic produce, sometimes like you really get to taste what food really is supposed to taste like because certain stuff in certain supermarkets, like if they get it from like a really sketchy uh, place, like they'll have. Hey, like- um, I'm sorry to cut you off, but we're getting. All right. So before the break, uh, you're talking about organic food, you know, also those food deserts and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, I was like on a kind of little baby rant. Like, yeah. Cut yeah I cut it right there. Yeah. I, I do apologize. We've got an hour limit. So we have to go to the break. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I mean, so yeah, like I was saying, like my mom was tasted the orange. She said that it tasted like the ones in Mexico. Uh, in Mexico stuff, you can get stuff a lot less processed and it's a lot like it's the access to get food is definitely more available and again public transportation there's a lot of taxi cabs going all over the place um but um so like yeah i'm not trying to necessarily tell everybody that the the only way you can truly be healthy is organic i mean if you can go organic it's better if you could just go to farmer's markets like sometimes they don't necessarily uh get have the label of organic but they still follow the same practices and uh you know a lot of people like have like disc gmos and defend gmos one of the reasons why like uh, Wait, there's actually people that def- I mean, other than the companies themselves, the people that promote GMOs, like regular citizens. Or- well, they don't necessarily promote GMOs, but like uh, they basically defend it as point for from two different points: uh, one, the free market, and then two, um, uh, basically saying like we've genetically modified food throughout our history by crossbreeding, which. It's true. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of true, but, you know, what most people consider GMO is, like, gene splicing. We're forcing genes into, like, another animal that's never really, where, it, like, if it was in the wild, it would never, like... Be viable. Be viable, yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh, and that's what you, and, you know, and uh, 
So people, there's a, definitely a disconnect between that. So that's why some people defend you and those and some people don't, because it's like, well, it's stupid. Like, so, I mean, again, I'm not saying that it's stupid, but like the, the argument would be like, oh, it's stupid. We've been genetically modifying uh, uh, food for like ages. Neil deGrasse Tyson would, is one of the people that would actually say that, oh, well, we've been genetically modifying food since you know, dawn of time because we've been cross pollinating and such like that. And it, it, that's, that's kind of like why, mm-hmm. you know, there's that disconnect. Yeah. But yeah. So, um, and people think that, you know, because of the, you know, the GMO thing that's just kind of BS, they would, uh, they would argue against paying the extra money for organic food. Now with organic practices, there's a certain practice called crop rotation that is required for it to be organic. And, uh, that kind of contributes to uh, the seasonality of the fruit, the food and everything. But most importantly, it, 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 it tries to prevent, and I think it to a certain degree eliminates soil depletion. Yes. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. That's one of the, the fears like in actually uh, very complex societies back in the day, they were devastated because they didn't have that practice. And mm-hmm. then they realized that you, or I, I believe, um, one story, like with ancient Egypt, you had the, the flooding of the Nile and then the, the, when it receded, like you'd have those replenishing of the nutrients because of the flooding. But then other areas didn't really have that. So if you didn't have crop rotations, you would just have crops that would just fail. And then you'd have one year that, you know, it was just bad crop. And you're just like, oh, you know, like and then three years later, you're just like, OK, we're starving here. We can't seem to get anything out of this this soil so like yeah it can be devastating that's why like when you see certain like plants and stuff when you just keep them in the same pot forever without doing anything and just throwing water on there they eventually die because there's no nutrient nutrition in the food there's no, there's nothing for them to actually sustain besides the water mm-hmm. which like us like we would die if we only drank water too like you know eventually we'd die we would die we wouldn't die right away like if we didn't have water but we would die. Mm-hmm. We would, all we did was just drink water. Uh, and it's the same thing with plants. Cause you know, yeah, that's just the way it is. So that's kind of the reason why I try my best to shop organic and to a certain degree, go to actually not to a certain degree, just try to my best to go to farmer's markets because essentially the, that's how, that's what's supposed to be practiced in order to keep, you know, being able to produce on a, on a, a, a certain field. Uh, which is the kind of like huge problem with decentralized with centralizing our food supply because a lot of these people because they're farming on a large scale it's hard to really do crop rotation things like that so and it's hard to manage pests as well mm-hmm. so you just spray the entire crop with you know uh, glyphosate or whatever the hell or all kinds of pesticides and, and you know it, it, like people say that it's not really bad for us to eat like conventional foods but. I always wonder why, like, uh, the farmers that spray the stuff, why do they wear, like, suits, like, kind of like hazmat suits? Hazmat suits, suits, yeah. If it's not even safe to breathe, what makes you think it's safe (laughs) to eat, you know? Correct. And I guess their argument is that it's so far removed, like, you know, we have rains and, like, you know, I guess it goes through this process where it kind of, but it it does get leached into everything that's on the field. And then there's runoff and there's just, there's so many different effects, but... That's another reason is like, well, either this is the the best that we can do with the resources that we have, or we can make it exorbitantly expensive doing the right things, aka organic, which isn't fully organic. And or you can just make your own food, hunt your own food, which maybe people need to get back to because there's a big disconnect that people have with their food. I think that, uh, you know, with people that say like, oh, you know, you shouldn't hunt for your food and, you know. 
this is how people survived for mm-hmm. you know the history of humanity mm-hmm. and you're going to tell me that you um you know sitting back and if you're eating bacon or if you're a vegan and you're just eating your your you know your vegetables it's like you know are are you going to say that uh you know humans that have survived this way yeah uh we're wrong for doing that like we just we can be better stewards but we just like it's going to be well, we do the best that we can yeah because i mean regard, regardless of how we think of the way we should be getting food you can't escape the circle of life. I know it's, you know, it was taught to us by Lion King when we were, you know, kids and stuff. Yeah, circle of life. But it could, true words could have not been more, I mean, words could have not been more true like than that. Like, honestly, because uh-huh. like, because I mean, like, when you look, again, when it goes back to soil depletion, like the best soil is stuff that has living animals or dead animals decaying over it. Like even like worms, like worms, when they decay an animal, they release all the nitrous and stuff back into the soil, which helps the plant grow. Correct. Like you like, and, and you know, it's like, if you're just constantly going vegan, like you, you I mean, all right, well, you probably, you might want to say like, Oh, well, I'll just go with like a, a fertilizer. That's not, or a, a, you know, soil. That's not like with a, it's not using any animals, but some of that chemical fertilizer or soil, it's it uses fossil fuels to enrich it with the nutrients that the plant needs. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you're eating, you're essentially using liquefied dinosaurs. So at one point, they were alive, <laughs> they were animals, and they're just dead now. Yeah, and then you're using like you know a transfer of energy. It's yeah. not really lost. It just it gets transferred into something else. And predator prey, you know, relationships, and that's one of the reasons why prey multiply faster than predators can eat them. It's it's kind of like delicate ecosystem where everything can survive. Yeah. Well, not survive, but, uh, you know, have some uh, semblance of life. And granted, that was uh, during a time where uh, it was harder for us to fuck up the environment like humans. Yeah, and we do it at such a grand <laughs> scale and we have so many people. Yeah. It's it, like, yeah, these communities, it was very hard to get, like, I, I don't even know how, I'm just fascinated with history in general, but uh, you have these huge cities that were, you know, ancient Rome, you have Byzantine empire, you have Persian empire, and they're just, they have these communities where you can, you know, you can feed them, you can give them water. Some collapsed in an instant because they couldn't provide the crops that uh, were able to others uh, were able to sustain for very long periods of time. But that was just a very delicate balance because if you couldn't feed people, there's riots in the streets, civilization crumbles and we're done. Yeah. And the thing, the thing is too, it's like, uh, like, so when you start growing your own food, you're going to have pests. You're going to have like how I tried doing when I was trying to grow tomatoes, like I had a freaking gopher that would eat the roots of my plants. So I had to try to just get rid of the gopher by either killing it or displacing it. But the problem is, how do you displace a gopher? Like it's it's tough. Like unless unless eviction notice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, it's like it's you have until Groundhog Day. <laughs> I see what you did but uh, yeah, like you can't displace it. Like you have to like either kill it. I mean, do you? I mean, you could probably displace it, but it'll just come back. Like this is, but then you have to worry about like bugs and stuff like that. So then I have to have chickens, so then they can eat the bugs and other little critters and stuff you're still contributing to death it's just you're not doing it specifically mm-hmm. so it, it's really tough to go that route without causing any kind of like animal death and stuff like that so uh i think and i think it goes back to again the centralization of food if we had like small like the thing is like we like for example in california southern california you have uh like at one point you had farmers farms closer to la eventually they started getting pushed out pushed out pushed out mm-hmm. 
because it's just the demand of people, right? Now they're all in Chino. They're all in Chino, Victorville, <laughs> like Fresno, and uh, you know, but like they're getting pushed out of Chino as well. Are they? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. yeah. I mean, because I grew up in Norco and I always smelled Chino mm-hmm. and. Everybody else thought it was Norco, yeah. <laughs> but we only had horses. But regardless, like they're all getting pushed out. Yeah, uh, even even yeah. in Texas, even in Texas, like uh, the city of Plano uh, originally was a f- like maybe like forty years ago was mostly farmland, and now like when I see there, like I see a huge maybe like about an acre of land that I used to drive by there a lot that had all kinds of cows on it grazing, you know, eating stuff like that. But then you saw a sign in on that property saying. Future sports park for the citizens of or community uh, residents of Plano. So okay, that's land that's currently being used for animals that you can essentially use for consumption and provide. I mean, provide meat, you know, cheaper to people and such like that. But now you can't. Mm-hmm. Now you can't because it's just it's going to be where. I mean, where are you going to place those animals? I have no idea. But now that land's going to become not useless, but the the, the value of the land. For the purpose of like how what we can produce out of it is going to diminish because now you have a sports sports park, so you can't necessarily grow on it, especially if they use turf. So, yeah, like that's happening mm-hmm. in a lot of places, and that's actually what makes it harder for people to get. I, I mean, my personal opinion, that's what makes it harder for people to get access to food if you're shutting down the sources for them to get it. And moving them further away. Moving them further away. Like, yeah. So, I mean, the best you can do is to try your best to shop at farmer's markets. They're, they're popping up, at least. Yeah. Especially if you're a single guy, you know, like. Yeah. You just you just get out and just like, hey, what's up? You just find some uh, organic food. Oh, school right. <laughs> But, yeah, you know, there's, there, like, and honestly, like, I think if we fix all that, uh, we can essentially, uh, we can essentially impact like how healthy people are living, like and like it, it. And it it really depends on people. Like honestly, like whether they're vegan, carnivores. Apparently, there's a carnivore diet now. Carnivores, keto, whatever, low carb, high carb, high carb. Yeah, I mean, like pie carbs, like pie carbs. Was <laughs> <laughs> that already- best carbs ever? <laughs> like pie carbs. Yeah, but, I, I gotta say, yeah. I mean, yeah, but like you know, like and, and depending on whatever whatever diet or fat diet, like you want to you want to follow. But as long as you're eating whole foods, like you're, you, I think that's already a lot better than just going to McDonald's and stuff like that. <clears throat> I mean, it's not to shit on McDonald's because you know, I mean, they but they deserve moderation. It. They deserve it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but for going for it to McDonald's, yeah, like it shouldn't be your source of nutrition. It should just be like every now and then, like, hey, I want to give my kid a happy meal. Because you can get the freaking toy. Yeah, there's sure. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. got to be moderation. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, like it's it's tough, but like, like you hear I, that's why I can't get on board. Like people like uh, was it her name Alexander Cortez? Oh, Ocasio Cortez. Ocasio yeah. Cortez. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sorry because like I know that people are invested in her because of you know. She's a young woman that's made a career very quickly, and she's well, made a name for herself. Yeah. She was a bartender before, apparently, but yeah. Well, I mean, some sometimes when she's speaking in front of people, she sounds like it, but doesn't seem like she has very much political well, experience. He, well, yeah, because I mean, again, I'm not trying to attack. Like, yeah, I know, I know. Now, now we're about to attack somebody. <laughs> but this person, this person, I mean, like, she talks about like you know providing healthcare. She's talking about somehow like us getting the savings. But and we're like, wait, what? How are we getting a savings if now we have to cover more people? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, 
I don't know. Her math, her math was really wrong. And even to the point where CNN was actually fact-checking her during that time. She was she, like, apparently the, uh, I saw a segment where they were saying that, that if to cover everybody, it would cost, I think, uh, $37 trillion or, million, or billion dollars per year or something like that. And what she was proposing in tax hikes would only contribute, I think, like $2 billion. And so they asked her, where are you going to, to for universal health care? Yeah. And they're like, where, 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 where are you getting that number from? Yeah. And that was just for healthcare alone. She's yeah. still talking about free college and all that. And not saying that she's an expert on it. So, well, well, yeah, you well, kinda, I have to, if you're going to talk about yeah. having universal health care. And it goes back to what we were saying about like people like taking a position and making that their identity. Like, I mean, it's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with wanting anybody to be covered. Like that's not the point. Like the point is just how are we going to get there? Cause I mean, like we, we've, could, we've seen other societies that tried doing something like that, like, and like they don't work even like uh, when we, like people cite like uh, Norway or Sweden, I think what they do is like, yeah, they tax a, a crap ton from the people. But the funny thing is that they're not the ones providing it. They're still co- contracting all that work to third party. Yeah. Independent part, not part of the government. And if you want better health care, then you, you pay like for, and those are only for people that can afford that. Yeah. And then again, to tie back to the, the, the talk about the nutrition is that like you look at how many cases of like people that have diabetes, like, and some of that stuff, again, if people don't have access to food, I get it. But then there's a lot of people that it's just a choice. Like you see a lot of people sitting down gaming for hours, drinking fucking big gulps. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna. You're not gonna contrib- uh, solve the problem by just banning big gulps. Yes. Like you know, it's part, part of it is culture. Part of it is just self decision. So it's kind of it's unfair to say that because of these specific people, other people that do really deserve it, uh, some kind of assistance from healthcare, are gonna get screwed over, right? Yeah. So that's why it kind of has to be cold to a point where it's like a free market now. That doesn't say that I'm not opposed to having some kind of safety net, but first we need to fix our food supply because then we can essentially. Uh, weed out like a lot of some of the a lot of the diseases. Well, just plain and simple, a lot of diseases that we face today are food related. You know? Well, I mean, yeah, you're saying like specifically diabetes or type two diabetes. Other, type two, yeah. Okay, yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're not born with it, yeah. yeah. Um, that's that's a very good point. And uh, I'd say a lot of issues can be solved with education. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And but it's so hard because if you're not engaged, then you're not going to learn. But uh, with health uh, in general, we had our you know the, the old pyramid that we learned in uh, the food pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the food pyramid in elementary school. We had all of our you know wheat and you know all that stuff on the bottom. But then you know as I'm, I've gotten older, I've kind of seemed just like all right, you know. In my opinion, the carbs are kind of the uh, the reasons. Sugars, processed stuff that really contributes to type two diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of have to look at it again and say, like, all right, well, there's studies that you know lied to us, so they could push whatever they wanted yeah. into yeah, know, down I mean, the throats. Definitely, and then also, or the studies were just really young. I mean, we just defi- we just basically discovered what a vitamin was in the fifties. So realistically, the the science is really. Young. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, okay. yeah, uh, yeah. I haven't heard that. So most of the stuff that we were like there was basically just kind of a trial and there most of the stuff that we had about nutrition before that and um yeah like then there's this there's there's um articles that were being published about like saturated fat that didn't take like that viewed countries specifically where they had a lot of saturated fat or in their diet and they had like all these health diseases but then they completely ignored other countries that like that had high, high amount of fat also where they were healthy mm-hmm. so you know and whether that was done on purpose or 
just by being able to limited scope. You know, the point is that it's kind of flawed. Like it's it's not like we can't go based off the same signs that we did like 30 years ago, 40 years ago, even 50 years ago. But yeah, like honestly, like if we we, we start fixing our food supply, like in that sense, and like let the markets really work, I think. Uh, I think we could start making a dent in like the health, the amount of health uh, issues that we have in the country. And the only then I personally believe that's when it will be actually be feasible to have a safety net, like uh, like some kind of healthcare system for people that, you know, like they were born with type one diabetes that have a chronic illness, like, or they have cancer and stuff like that. A lot of the cancers, apparently they can be starved by proper nutrition. So then yeah. you, know, you wouldn't even have certain types of cancers, like, you know, like or or heart issues or yeah. you know, high cholesterol, uh, you know, or any type of, uh, um, was it, uh, you know, cardiac disease or anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's a, the right word, but <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, more of that stuff like can go towards like, you know, you know, for example, providing eye transplants and stuff like that and things that really are out of people's control, mm-hmm. you know, like it's stuff like, you know, and it frees up. Yeah. It frees up those resources for people that need it and people that can't afford it. And then, you know, it's not just a want based you know, operations need based, like, you know, um, yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. We can reduce the, the waste that our medical waste that we use on people that are just making poor choices. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, and, 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 I mean, I don't want to go into the other side of that coin because it's another rabbit hole and we're almost done on time, but yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like it's part, it's definitely part of the issue that we can do to make people healthier, not necessarily go down a route of like socialized healthcare, which sounds great on paper, but you know, it's, uh, economically it might not necessarily be the best thing because it's not, it's only basically a bandaid on like a freaking gash that you have <laughs> across your, your stomach. Yeah, you're, your trying to like, <laughs> you're trying to like hold it together and put band-aids, like little Hello Kitty band-aids all over it. <laughs> like, no, that doesn't, you know, that's not the source. Like we need to start attacking it for what it is. And that's why I hate this stuff is politicized because then you can't really address that. Address the issue. Address yeah. the issue that really happened uh-huh. or actually bring this to light. That's the most important thing. Bring, bring things like this to light. Or even if it's wrong, but it doesn't hurt to actually look into stuff like that. You know, you know, it might not always be hundred percent right, but you know, again, if you go by logic and not so much emotion, you will eventually get there. Uh, yeah. Like then that's, that's where I, one of the, I firmly, my stance is on now. Like, like you see like older people that uh, may have not retired properly for whatever reason, or even people that have the older people that have retired, like they need like insulin or whatever. Like, you know, we, we could essentially cover that if we have, again, we would fix the food supply. Who's to say that those old people that now are dependent on insulin would still be on dependent on insulin. If they you know, if there was a lot of food growing up, you know, along their lives and they actually chose to eat that way, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's hard. It's really hard. And, um, uh, case in point, like that's, I think that's the best way to go in the sense that nobody gets screwed, you know? Cause yeah, I mean, it's taxation is kind of, it's hard to look at taxation without considering it theft because essentially you earn that money. You traded your labor for that money. So, yeah. Um, but we shouldn't tax people to go to work. We yeah. should tax people maybe to spend their money, uh, which, um, oh man, that's another rabbit hole. But yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But yeah, but, yeah, but that's, the, that's the point I'll probably leave you there with is just that yeah. you start addressing things like that, you know, and like, yeah, and it'll, it'll be a lot better. Like, and maybe next time, um, when I'm on 
on uh, your podcast, we can because I, I was actually researching certain literature and certain uh, watching certain doctor presentations like in Australia that were uh, talking about like the dangers of high carb diets, meaning like carbs over a hundred grams. Oh wow! Um, yeah, and that's why they were advocating for lower carb diets. Um, but we can talk about that and how that relates to heart disease and diabetes and such. So yeah, no, but, that'd be interesting. But yeah, but case in point, that's the last probably point I'll leave with is just we need to fix this food supply we can start there got it well thanks Al I do appreciate you coming on the show we are uh, I guess that's uh, all the time that you have but yeah. um, thanks everyone for giving us a listen and uh, stay tuned for a little afterward and uh, I'll see you guys next time alright see you guys Thanks again, listener, for tuning into the podcast. We do appreciate any comments or feedback on any sort of channels where you're listening to the podcast right now. Actually, this is an interactive experience. So if you are interested in leaving us a voice message, you can download the Anchor app, which is on Apple or Google Store. Once you download the app, you can find us and leave an audio message, which will be played back on the next episode right here. And you will be featured and you'll be tagged and all that good stuff. So leave us some feedback and also an audio message. It does help us. Again, if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, you can find us at calendly.com slash jcjstreet32. Again, that's calendly.com slash jcjstreet32. See you next time.